Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics, and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance, and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct, and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words, and here is your host, Mark Homer. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I am with my 15 years now business partner, Mark Homer. Welcome to our uh, How to Invest series. So this is how to invest £250,000 for the best return. We've got quite a lot of notes for this one. Um, I don't know, we might be at six or seven in the series. We've done how to invest 5,000, how to invest 10,000, how to invest 25,000, how to invest 50,000, how to invest 100,000, and now how to invest £250,000 for the best return. Next week, uh, Monday 5pm, we'll be doing how to invest half a million for the best return. The week after that, we might even do how to invest a million for the best return. And then we will finish with the how to invest little or no money. That'll be the finishing of the series. You can go back and watch any video in the series on the Progressive Property YouTube channel, which is tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, all capitals. Harry, could you put a comment in there on the screen? tiny.cc forward slash PPTV, all capitals. Um, If you could put that up on the screen, Harry, that'd be great. Uh, That's where the previous videos in the series are and then the future ones will be where we'll be live streaming. So we probably will be cross-referencing back to previous episodes because we don't want to do too much duplication. So £250,000, Mark, quarter of a million pounds. Where are you going to start investing in that? Are you going to go into bigger property deals? Are you going to do commercial? I think it's very much dependent on what you've done before. Um, But, you know, I would be minded to use that to just sort of buy, if I was buying single lets, I'd probably do seven at a time. So I'd be Mm. using them as sort of 30, 35 grand deposits, rolling it over. I might use it to buy some properties cash, which didn't require, um, or or should I say, upon which you couldn't get a mortgage. Therefore, you're able to get the properties much, much cheaper. Um, So they're unmortgageable. Um, I think that would be a very good use of of the cash um, because you're able to cut out a lot of the more uh, a lot of the market. Most people cannot buy uh, if if there's no mortgage, they can't buy cash. So, you know, buying a commercial building with no planning consent or buying, um, you know, a, a residential property, which is unmortgageable, you're in a sort of big you know, you're straight ahead, straight away, you're at a big advantage. You can get it much cheaper. Mm. Yeah. What about um, pubs and kind of smaller commercial that you might turn into multi-lets or apartments? Absolutely. I think there'd be some big advantage in doing that, Um, you know, and you could really sort of push forward on it. Um, You know, you start to get into the realms of pubs. It depends where you're on the country, maybe 150, 200,000, something like that. Get planning consent on it. Obviously, that's a risk, but you need a good planning consultant. Then, you know, once you've got planning, you could get development finance. Um, So there's a bit of risk there. Um, But if you get that in place, then um, you can make it work. Capital allowances is not something we've talked yet in this series at all, because usually it's on bigger buildings. But in this kind of investment, can we start using those offsettable tax allowances? Yes. Um, I mean, if you buy commercial buildings um, or even... If you have new build blocks of flats, um, you know, you buy commercial buildings and you convert them, 
the, the capital allowances are available uh, on usually on the purchase price up to about 20% of the purchase price often. And then when you convert it, all the works you do to the communal areas between the flats, um, usually you can claim capital allowances on. So just argument's sake, you buy a commercial building for 250, there might be 50 grand's worth of capital allowances that you can claim there. And if you bought it in an LLP, you could claim those at say 40, 45%. Um, so, you know, there's a, an immediate advantage there could be, you know, I don't know, say, say it was, um, it'd be about 50 grand, something like that. Say it was 250. Um, then, you know, on your conversion costs, you spend another half a million converting it, you could potentially have maybe about another 20% there on the communal areas between the flats. Um, so you've then got another 100 grand. So you might have 150 grand's worth of capital allowances on a purchase of a pub, which you then convert. Um, and then that can be offset. It could be, if it's an LLP or personal, could be up to 40, 45%. Yeah. Um, so that would be a, a hard tax saving. Um, potentially of sort of 70 grand, 65 grand maybe, mm. which is a lot of money. You like hard tax savings, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. Because I lots of accountants and capital allowance sort of surveyors will come out and go, oh, well, I can get you um, 150 grand worth of capital allowances on this. But then, you know, you've bought it in a limited company that gets offset at 19%. So the real benefit of that is 30 grand. Mm. Whereas if you think a bit further ahead and put it into an LLP and maybe lease the flats back to a limited company to avoid section 24 tax, then the freehold stays in the LLP and you can claim it against your personal tax using sideways loss relief at 40, 45%. So mm. then you're, you're making a tax saving of 65, 70 grand, um, you know, in, instead of 30, mm. it's a big difference. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, when you save a pound in tax, you save the whole pound. Whereas you make a pound, you've got corp tax and income tax you lose to come half off of that. Yeah. You lose half of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, industrial. Is there any industrial opportunities right now? Well, I think there are. A, for conversion, or B, obviously, lots of people are buying online. Trade counters, uh, loads of businesses are based, um, you know, retail is moving off the high street into the industrial units. Uh, and then people are getting delivery or click and collect sometimes, but mainly delivery. Um, so I think there's big demand in those areas. You could buy a small industrial unit, put a commercial tenant in, or you could just buy a commercial building um, and, you know, with a tenant in it, uh, maybe at the auction, something like that. Mm. Um, so I think there are there's some big opportunities there. And again, capital allowances. Mm. Okay, so we'll come back to finish the rest of our content, but just letting you know what we're doing here is how to invest £250,000 for the best possible return in our experience, of course. Now, in every video I've said this, I do need to say this, this is our experience and opinion, uh, and you should always do your own due diligence and research thoroughly and heavily when you make your own investments. Okay, Mark, in light of the economy that we're in or could come into, um, and of course, if you're watching this on a replay, we may have finished lockdown 2.0. Maybe we'd have moved through COVID. But do you think that's going to have a knock-on effect of the economy? And are we going to be able to buy some companies, um, you know, maybe some discounted businesses? With I, our I think for sure. Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of businesses. Um, it's uneven. It depends what type of businesses. But hotels are badly affected. Nurseries are badly affected. Um, lots of sort of businesses, you know, events businesses or, you know, businesses that require face-to-face -face, mm. um, hospitality. interaction, hospitality, mm. 
all of those are very badly affected um, by all of this. And I think more and more of them are coming and will come to the market over the winter and into the new year. Mm. Um, so, you know, swimming pools, gyms, all that sort of stuff, you know, and if you can ride it out, clearly, you know, Pfizer today have released uh, the results of their um, their their um, sort of third trial. Forty three and a half thousand people uh, have been tested with their vax their their potential vaccine, um, and and they found that the success rate was ninety percent in inoculating them against coronavirus. Um, so there's 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 a pretty clear path out of this now. Mm. Um, it's got to get regulatory approval, but. You know, Pfizer saying that, and it's been through sort of tier three trials now. Um, it seems pretty likely the stock market's bounced five percent today. Five mm. percent. Lloyd's is up ten percent. IAG and British Airways are up forty percent today. Mm. Um, EasyJet, um, the house builders are all up five ten percent. The market believes this is a route out. Mm. Um, there's another eight vaccines behind. Um, so. You know, there are lots of businesses that will continue to struggle, but clearly there's a way out of this and you just need to cash flow it until we're out of it. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. With a quarter of a million pound, is there an argument that you could start lending some of it out if you wanted a bit more of a, has- uh, a, a hassle-free investment? Yeah. I mean, you're going to get hassle, but... Um, there's levels of hassle, isn't there? There is levels like of hassle. Planning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A few yeah. challenges. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah. If you get first charge, could you lend some? I'd only do it with first charge. Yeah. And you really want to be sticking to 70, 75% loan to value. Yeah. yeah. But on um, that basis, you might be okay to lend some money? Yeah, I think so. As long as you get it properly valued yourself, you get the legals done by your solicitor, who's good. It's all in the legals. Get a personal guarantee. You might do that. Yeah. yeah. But the first charge up to 75% of a value which has been t- determined by a surveyor you instruct is worth multiples of a personal guarantee yeah. or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Okay, great. Um, would you invest the entire 250 grand or would you keep some apart for a, a side for a contingency? And if so, how much? Um, I would definitely keep some aside for a contingency. I'd probably keep 10% depending on what other assets you've got. Um, but yeah, you don't want to spend all of it. No. And what's your reason for 10% contingency? What you're looking to cover? Um, any unexpected, you know, issues that come along, pay your debts as they become due, things can drop. Maybe your business has a problem. Maybe the tenants don't pay the rent. Mm. Maybe the chancellor ex- extends the inability to evict tenants for another 20 years. <laughs> All that stuff. Insurances, voids, yeah. repairs, maintenance. It, the, the list is endless. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Um, would you put any of that in the stock market? I mean, you've just mentioned a bit of a bounce. Yeah. Um, if you had 250 grand and it's yeah. the only money you've got, would you put some in the stock I market? I would, yeah. I'd put yeah. some of those in, in trackers that we've mentioned before, in Hargreaves, Lansdowne or, or Vanguard. I would buy UK um, and sort of international trackers. If you go into Hargreaves, Lansdowne, you type in portfolio tracker in the search bar, it will build you one. And Vanguard have pre-built uh, tracker funds you know, um, I think they're called the Life. Uh, I think uh, I think it's Lifestyle. Um, 
you know, you can go on sort of 60%, 80%, 100%, depending on the split between the bonds and the equities. Uh, I think it'd be a very good idea. Yeah. Mm. ISO, would you max your ISO every year? Definitely do your 20 grand yeah. a year. And do yeah. you do them for Freddie as well? Would you do for other family yeah. members? Um, I, I've done one. Son, I've yeah. done one for Freddie when he was born. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in two minds over that. When they're 18, they get a letter from Hargreaves Lansdowne basically saying, here's access to your account, spend it on what you want. Um, and That's I'm not gonna, how you were raised, is it? No, and am I going to put all this money away for him just to, at 18, be able to spray it all over the place? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, because you would have sprayed it all over the place when you were 18. You would have invested it, maybe if you raised no, it with an yeah, investment yeah, mindset. Yeah, no, my dad didn't trust me to do that, but yeah, <laughs> I would have invested it, I think, I would. Yeah, you invested your student loan, Mind you, you, though, that's what I did. I invested all my student loan, I lost it all. <laughs> so my dad was right. You and could I have enjoyed it. it. I, was, I did it at about 19, yeah. 1999, just before the stock market tanked. So what might be better is to open an ISA on Hargreaves or Vanguard for your child that it can go in it it goes in it gets topped up by the government i think by 2025 uh, by tw about 25 percent even though they've not earned that money and paid income tax on that so the government still tops it up and they can't get it till the 55 it's and like it's a pension is it, it is almost? a pension yeah. it's a pension phil was telling me about that yeah, yeah. he's bang on it and yeah. also i've got another friend that's all over it mm. and they reckon if you put the full amount, which is about four grand a year in or something, if you do that till they're, I think, 25 or 30, just on historic six, seven, eight percent, when they're 55, you'll have a million, they'll have a million pounds. Mm. The benefits of compound interest. Well, <laughs> Indeed. It's the, it's the um, is it the eighth wonder of the world? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. yeah. So in previous episodes, we've talked about watches, classic cars and businesses. So with 250 grand, you can certainly set up a business. And both Mark and I said earlier, we think that often businesses are the best return on investment because you can add your time, your sweat equity, as they say, um, and you can you know put your energy and contacts and partnerships and ability to do sales and marketing into um, a business, which is essentially an investment, isn't it? You can also increase its capital value. You can give it um, a multiplied um, uh, earnings ratio or valuation. So if there's any businesses that you're looking to start, um, I know people like to almost be a VC and, and put money into companies. I would probably say do that if you're experienced. Um, and if you're going to do it, um, probably don't do the, the whole amount. Um, but we started Progressive Property on £300 each um, back in 2007. It was Jan 07, wasn't it? We incorporated, I think. Um, and we just put 300 quid each in a bank. I actually put it on a credit card because back then I was skint. So you don't necessarily need money to start a business. And we've always been a fan of um, cash flowing the business through the sales that you make reinvested in, as opposed to selling shares. Um, and giving equity away. And um, we mentioned watches uh, many times, and we said that try and move up towards getting a, a kind of a, a sports Rolex, ideally a Daytona. Well, now you're at the 250 grand level, you're into Patek Philippe range, you're into Richard Meal range. Both of those brands, and the more complicated the movement, the better it seems, even though you pay more money. But I'd rather pay more money and have more growth than pay less money and have no or negative growth. 
Um, but RM11s seem to be really, really consistently strong, but you'll only get two of them for your 250 grand. Patek Philippe Nautilus have gone really high. I've personally exited a lot of my watches. I had built a big collection, especially a lot of AP Royal Oaks and Royal Oak Offshores and Rolexes and um, some Pateks. And I've actually come out of uh, many of them because the prices are so high and I've kind of cashed in my um, profits. Uh, and I'm probably going to wait until the market drops a bit um, because I think that it probably will in the watch market. In the car market for that kind of money. Well, I mean, look, Mark and I aren't experts, but, you know, what did we pay for our Testa Rossa? 120? 105. 105. And we paid a bit of fees on top, did we? Hmm, I think we gave him 105. Oh, yeah. oh we gave Simon some money to yeah. inspect it. Yeah. Yeah, 105. Yeah. So, uh, look, 100 grand's going to probably get you a nice classic Ferrari. Is there anything else you're looking at, Mike? You were looking at the Mercedes, weren't you? I like those pagodas, yeah. yeah. I've got, got one, he's he sort of still at, I don't know, 68. It's a left hooker, but it's been restored and it's quite nice. It's a 280 SL. Um, I'm at 60 grand, so... Um, we're just going to leave that one there over the winter. To <laughs> hibernate. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, when it gets up to this level, I don't know. I. You don't like, is it the risk you don't like? Yeah, or? I just think you've got to really it. know it. Yeah, you? and you've got to really know it. And I just think the market goes like that mm. for resale. Um, yes. Yeah, I find yeah. that with watches. Yeah. yeah. You think you've got a, a good it's asset, but selling it's near like nine impossible. Yeah, not many yeah. people can afford yeah. stuff at that level. Um, so unless it's something really individual and you know one-off, then I don't know. You might be, might be better buying some smaller stuff. You yeah. know, like we've already discussed. Mm. Yeah. Know? So if you are into investing in a classic car, if you go back through the series, we actually talked about ones that you could get for five and ten grand. Um, some of the slightly. What's the Mercedes that they were about ten grand? It was another um, SL, but yeah, a, a slightly newer one. Yeah. Um, I, I'll give you the model number yeah. now. I always get confused. Yeah, there's so um, many of them, isn't there? Yeah. And um, I I do think with those SLs that the one we're on just, yeah, R129. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going to go up, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. What are they? 10 grand yeah. kind of money. Yeah. 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 Okay, so in previous episodes, we've talked about buy-to-let property investing and multi-let property investing. We've talked about starting a business. We've talked about um, possible um, lending money, which we covered here, watches, um, stocks, ISAs. Um, if you're going to invest into the stock market, Mark, um, and you wanted to invest in certain companies, you know, because you thought they were um, maybe good value, um, how many would you invest in? Would you invest in a single company? Like I know you've done Lloyd's before, haven't you? And other yeah, in, is, is I do. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm doing all right on my latest purchase of Lloyd's. Actually, got ten percent today. Right, but I did buy quite a few when there were quite a bit more. So overall, I'm down. Mm. Um, what else? Um, over the years, made good money at a co-op when that was going wrong. BP. Um, Lots of bank stocks. Um, so do you look for under companies that have dropped a lot, but you think are fundamentally going to be yeah, okay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. VW was a good one with the, the emission scandal, yeah. diesel. We invent, um, did yeah. we go into Brent crude at one point? Yeah, I don't think that worked. Though, no. Did it? <laughs> no, right. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. You yeah. don't want to win them all. No. Yeah. 
little bit like, I don't know, Sterling. You know, it's very weak at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I've got something running on Sterling, but I haven't made any money out of it yet. No. Because it's remain weak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do individual companies that are having an issue, but just be prepared to lose money on them. Mm. If you want to make money consistently over time, just buy some market trackers, which, you know, FTSE trackers and Dow Jones trackers, which S&P 500 trackers, which track the market, have very low fees, um, you know, and you get a spread right across the stock market, yeah. you're much more likely to do well over mm. the long term doing that. Yeah. There's a lot of people barking about crypto and Bitcoin at the moment. I mean, it, it is really high at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've got some, obviously. Um, I, yeah. I, well, the answer is I don't know. So mm. I, I, there's not that much history. Um, so I don't do that much of it. Mm. Um, so what, you just invest money you could afford to lose if you lost yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, you know, there's people, you know, like Siam who we'd have here who would be trading them and he, he knows a lot more about it than me. Um, but, you know, as a long-term in, sort of investment hold, um, it's just not, not something I know that much about. So yeah. I, I don't do it that much. Mm. Yeah. In previous episodes, we did talk about... Um, because there are so many options here in different classes, we haven't even talked about buying land or, um, you know, getting something without planning and planning gain. There's so many other things that you could do. I think it's very important that you find an asset class that you enjoy. I personally really enjoy watches and property and business. Mark, obviously, you love the stock market. You love business. Are there any yeah. other classes you really like? Um, mm, um, stock market, yeah, property, I don't know, gold. Yeah. Yeah. Do you use gold really just as a sort of a safety hedge? Yeah, I think it is. But I think it? I think as inflation ramps up, let, let's say at the moment, you know, it, the opposite is true. They're trying to head off deflation by dropping interest rates. But at some point, all of this money printing, you know, QE um, and to some extent monetary financing as well that's been going on, uh, that'll catch up. And I suspect there'll be, you know, inflation will really start to build. Mm. Um and gold will be the beneficiary of that. Yeah. Yeah. Leverage. Are you going to put any leverage on the 250 grand? Definitely. Mm. Once you've got planning or you've fixed the issue with the property that you're purchasing, put leverage on them. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of loan to values, what kind of leverage do you think? Depends what it is. If it's development finance, they might do 50, 60%. But if it's um, an investment property, once you know, you've put a tenant in, you might get, I don't know, 65 to 80%. Mm. And then I'd let it drift down to 50 over the long term. Just yeah. let, look, let father time pay it down. Uh, usually inflation will, will pay, it'll erode the debt and, and just let it sit at 50%, I'd say. And why do you like 50%? Uh, I think if that? the market then drops in the future in a big way, the bank gets into trouble, you breach your covenants, um, other issues. I think, you know, the market can still drop 20, 25%. You'll be still at 70 or whatever. Um, so you'd be able to get yourself out of it. Um, it's a much safer place to be yeah. for the long term. And let's talk about the sort of almost the paradox between being diverse enough to not have all your eggs in one basket. But um, we also talked about the thing that you love to invest in is what you're likely going to be best at. Yeah. So can you be not enough diverse or too much diverse? Um, I think you, your business and your sort of daily activities would be very non-diverse, very specific. You go very deep. You don't want distractions. You don't want to be here, there and everywhere starting a load of new businesses, which you don't know a lot about. So you get very, very specific 
um, you'll make the most money out of that. But then when you want to retain your wealth and your earnings, you diversify the spoils of that business. So mm. all of the income may be into property and into stock market, spread it around. Um, you know, that's going to keep you a lot safer and you create all these hedges. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we have covered everything. There is a little wild card here when Harry was putting together a bit of an agenda. Is there any wild card investments you've ever made? Like, you, let's say you're going to take 10 or 20 grand of that 250 and it's a punt. Um, I, I did a, um, it was called Synergen, which was a biotech firm. I did that, um, I probably did it, I don't know, end of last year, whatever. Um, and it qualified as a, I'm trying to remember the bloody name, uh, you know, the tax wrapper. Um, do you remember me mentioning this? No. Um, I think it's an EIS investment. Um, and basically, the, the, you know, the CGT and the income tax, way lower on it. Anyway, I bought them, let's say I bought 10 grand's worth. And when COVID started, they said they had a potential vaccine or therapeutic. Now that was my response. I because they were all saying it and I had the broker on the phone going, "Oh, this is it. It's going to go wild." And I just thought back to the Wolf of Wall Street and <laughs> and I saw it was a bit rude to him actually as well. I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And yeah, then yeah. sleep that I, night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just caught me in an off moment and uh, he he sort he sort of said, "Well, they they, they say they've got a you know, a therapeutic for, for COVID. I said, oh, I bet they, they would. The, the one I've bought is, you know, is COVID, you're just attaching COVID to everything, clearly. And I just told him. <laughs> anyway, he was trying to talk me out of selling. So I think I bought them for 10 grand and they'd gone up to about 15 grand. So they made 50%. I was mm. like, I can ditch them, great. <laughs> Sold them. Yeah. Um, they're now worth 120 <laughs> grand. <laughs> We've got more stories like that than wins, like the Patek Nautiluses. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I've not spoken to him since. <laughs> <laughs> but I've spoken to the other lad that recommended me, recommended him to me. I bet he's stayed. It was still Joel. In. It was Joel that recommended me. Was it? Yeah. And is and he still in? He's still in, mate. Yeah. And he, and he, he sends me little, now. He sends me little messages. Um, <laughs> and I went back onto the guy. I think I've sent him a message saying, you know, yeah, you, you were right, weren't you? And... Um, He's all right. He's just trying to sell me some other biotech stuff, but that doesn't mean it's going to work. They're inherently risky. Yeah. That's why HMRC let you invest in stuff like that and you don't pay the normal income tax or CGT on it Yeah. Uh, because they're companies that need capital and there's a lot of uncertainty there. And yeah. HMRC want to encourage you to do it. Mm. Okay. So, uh, quick summary then. Uh, if you go back on the Progressive Property YouTube channel, Harry, if you could put the link up on the screen. Um, we have now done in the series how to invest £5,000, £10,000, 25000 50000 100000 and 250000 We've also talked about minimising depreciation on assets or minimising depreciation on liabilities. And we've, of course, uh, cascaded up from um, smaller value investments at the lower end of how to invest series and now, of course, up to the, the higher value. Next week, next Monday, 5pm, we're doing Monday, 5pm, we've got how to invest £500,000 for the 
the best return. So we will see you. You need to watch, uh, subscribe there to the channel, tiny.cc forward slash PPTV or Capitals. Then we've got the, the, mil, the big million and then we've got the low and no money down investing. And then that will be the series done and you can watch them forever. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thank you.